are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. This is a service of faith, a service of miracles, a service where I believe God can really put us on a trajectory for amazing things in our life, and we've seen that over the years. And we're going to be sharing with you a collective testimony of God's promises fulfilled. And if you're a guest with us, we are praying that today inspires you in your walk with God to reach for everything, everything that God has for your life. And I'm thankful for the promises of God that we are invited to possess and to experience. Today I stand here under the fear of God. And I say that we must continue to reach towards the promises of God. We can know that they exist. We can know that they are there somewhere. But I am making an appeal and a challenge to us to not just know that they're out there somewhere, but to actually seek to possess them individually, and we're inviting collectively the Calvary Church to be a part of an amazing opportunity to reach for the promises of God. We're going to invite our ushers to come. They're going to be passing out a booklet to you. And we're going to talk about a very important aspect of the Calvary Church. If you've attended the Calvary Church or you've been a member for some time, you've probably heard us talk about the Promise Project. And we want to really dive into that again today and, and see what God has done and see how God has worked through this and what we feel God is wanting to do among us with it. In 2014, God called us to look to expand our campus, and we felt the call of God to uh, really look for ways to grow our capacity, and as I hope most churches are, we want to grow as a congregation. We want to see more people added to the church. And so because of that, we began uh, a real intentional effort in 2014 to reach for the promises of God and specifically to expand our campus. And I'm going to walk you through that booklet today. So as we've done in years past, when you hear, turn the page, when you hear the chimes ring like this. No, Uh, we'll walk you through it. But The Promise Project is is something that uh, our church has rallied around and been a part of since 2014. And specifically, on March 2nd, 2014, we launched the Promise Project. And shortly after, a few services, and when we initially launched it, there were several services in a row. And uh, we uh, pledged a goal of $600,000 in the next three years uh, to put us on a trajectory to increase our capacity in our ministry and our facilities and resources. And like Abraham, 
we started off on a journey that we didn't quite know where it was going to take us. And this is a picture from that first uh, Promise Project element. Uh, you can see Anthony Henson is uh, much different today. Nice uh, wig he has going on there. And uh, if you don't know this about Anthony Henson, he, he is, uh, takes on many forms in the church, and this happened to be one of them. But we, we celebrated we celebrated in 2014 reaching for something that um, was beyond us and something that was really unknown to us. We just knew we couldn't and we didn't want to just accept staying in our current condition. We felt like we wanted to reach for all that God had for us in this community. Thank, I'm thankful today that Calvary uh, historically is a generous church. We are known uh, as a giving church. It's a hallmark of who we are, and we're unashamed and we're unafraid to talk about it and celebrate it. We give globally at a high level here at this church, and I thank God for it, and I believe it sets us up for tremendous blessing. And in November of this year, we, we talked about the harvest offering, a one-time offering. Our goal was $100,000, and uh, we wanted to raise... Uh, or to see over $10,000 collected each month for missions. And I'm thankful to say by February of 2021, between November and February of 2021, we took in over $85,000 for our harvest offering, which is the most we've ever done in the middle of a pandemic. And January, February, and March... All three of those months have seen us, besides the harvest offering, has seen us give uh, over $10,000 each month to missions. And to me, that's amazing. It speaks to the heart of this congregation. It speaks to our calling as a church. And I invite all of you to participate in missions. We have a global uh, uh, viewpoint and a global uh, vision. We also, though, through the Promise Project, saw that God wanted to expand what we do locally, and the Promise Project elevates our reach in the community. These facilities are used all the time, basically sun up to sundown every day of the week. There's stuff happening on these campuses, and I thank God. We're honored to partner with God in this community, and that's what the Promise Project is about. Let me dive a little bit more into detail. In 2014, we knew we needed to do something to prepare for growth. And so at that time, our vision, our goal, we didn't have, uh, we had just this property that we sit on. And we thought, okay, well, what can we do on this property to grow our capacity. And so we had a sanctuary designed and a gymnasium designed for this property. That was in the spring of 2014. As the, we ended 2015 and moved into 2016, uh, God really opened up some doors and we realized that we had the capacity to buy uh, 11965 across the street. We had the ability and the capacity to do that. And so as the Lord directed us and ordered our steps, we did that on August 31st of 2017. We purchased the property across the street, and we call it the Bishop's Center. 
It's called the Bishop Center because it honors the legacy and the lives of the bishops of the Calvary Church. We honor them, we love them, and we appreciate their sacrifice in helping this congregation over the last 50 years pursue the promises and realize the promises of God. And so that building is a testament to our pursuit from our foundation of pursuing the promises of God wherever it took us. And on Sunday, October 1st, 2017, we dedicated the Bishop's Center. And uh, we thank God for that opportunity. You can see some of our board members uh, there. But the vision of the Bishop Center, why, why buy another building, as you'll hear, why do this to ourselves? Because, number one, it expands our facility and property. It's kind of uh, uh, simple to say, but we added almost 25,000 square feet of property, eight acres across the street, uh, more green space for events and those kind of things. And we've seen the blessing of that already. Even though it's not completely finished, we've seen the benefit of having events there and, and different things that have been happening across the street. And so it expanded our facility and our property footprint. Number two, it connects us more uh, to more families in our community. It allows us to do ministries that, that are even beyond what we do in the weekly service. And we've seen that as well. We opened a child care preschool in June of 2020. And we've seen families begin to connect to Calvary because of the child care preschool. And so that, that building allows us to connect to more people. And as we do more events and more things in the community, it will connect us to more families. And then also by getting that facility, it grew our capacity in this facility. And so there's about 6,000 square feet of building space that is currently dedicated to the Calvary Academy that is used each week that once the Calvary Academy goes across the street and fills that space, those, those uh, rooms and those spaces will be open for further use. And so since 2014, we've been aggressive and we've pushed to see this uh, promise project a part of our vision, a part of our growth. And so I want Anthony Henson to come at this time. He's going to really dive a little bit deeper into what has been accomplished since 2014. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. All right. Start my timer. Okay. Because there's a time next to my name on this piece of paper right here. All right. I just want to say before I, before I start into the details that I'm supposed to talk about that, uh, as, I, as I hear what Pastor Tom is saying, as we review and go over uh, this presentation from time to time and throughout the years since 2014, I'm thankful to be a part of a church and a congregation that it's not just about us. Okay, can you hear me what I'm saying right now? It's, it's not just about 
building extra and cool things inside of this place and making sure that we have everything that we want. When we look at these things, when we look at how we're expanding, when we look at what we are doing as a campus and as a body, it's to be uh, reach out into our community. It's to help facilitate ministry, to draw people in and to help them in the relationship with God and to bring them one step closer. These are the this is the wording that we hear. This would be what you should feel as you're going through our assimilation uh, classes, as you're as a life group leader, and we're talking through and discussing these things that are a part of who we are. And I'm thankful to belong to the Calvary Church. Could you give a hand clap of praise for that? When we look at these contributions since 2014, in First Fruits alone, we've given $412,628. Can we give a hand clap of praise for that? After that, our Promise Project monthly giving since 2014 has been over a million dollars. Over a million dollars, yes. That's a total of, of, of over an almost $1,500,000 that we have given and contributed to helping uh, make and facilitate our campus. Now, with these funds and with this giving, then, I'm going to go through and talk about some of the things that we did. I will say that when you process a home, when you process your home, I know the housing market is crazy right now. As I look across uh, everyone in here, there's people selling, buying, people are looking for places. We know the reality of this. It's something on our minds these days. But a home is typically remodeled or have to be up, has to be updated within 15 to 20 years. When you look at churches, okay, even around the world and across over in Europe, even those churches that were built to last and have lasted for hundreds of years would have to be remodeled or repaired within a 30-year, at a 30-year mark. Okay, traditionally here in this young country of the United States of America, we ended up building more churches, especially as we expanded out of cities, in more of what we would call a house framing, if you will, for a second. As we look around at drywall, wood, carpet, and a home is remodeled every 15 to 20 years. We've been here now for over 20 years. As you saw that first picture, you saw that yellow paint, different things, and you thought, oh, where was that at? That was right here. That was here. That was a picture of up here on the platform. Our sanctuary is beautiful. We have a lot of beautiful and very nice attributes. And our church has been kept up in such a very nice way because this is a home to us. With a home comes a mortgage payment. Everybody understands that. If you don't pay your mortgage, you don't get to stay. And from these funds and what's been contributed to the Calvary Church through our Promise Project, we have, since 2014, almost paid a million dollars on our mortgage. Can we give a hand clap of praise for that? <laughs> Additionally to paying our mortgage, we've purchased property. How many remember the presentation Pastor Tom gave where now that we own both sides of the highway? Sounds kind of cool. We extended this space over here behind us on the south side. Um, and that's where if we need to, if we can, if we'd want to, if God directs us to in expanding this building. We also picked up uh, a little bit of green space um, over here between Ken Road and 275. Then, as he's mentioned, we also purchased the Bishop Center. So we purchased property with these funds and contributions. 
Then, as we know, as I mentioned, the improvements and the work we've done here on this facility. We installed uh, new exterior awnings. That was one of the first things we did because we keep this building in lockdown. Where's my keys? They're over there. They were too heavy for me to bring up the steps. So I was trying to keep, there you go, jingling, Nathan. That's Christmas. It makes it easy for me to sing some songs. Because of that, it made it really nice. It really added to our facility to have these awnings put um, on some of our exterior doors. After that, as I mentioned also, we've been looking, we've painted a lot. We've painted the, the sanctuary here. We closed up some windows so we wouldn't be blinded as we were speaking here from the pulpit on those sunny days. We, we fixed a lot of our lighting, the sound, cameras, website, interpretation. If you've never stood up here in the altar and looked back at the work that's been done, and not only what the work's been done, what it's facilitated. What it's facilitated. We have people listening to this service right now all over the world. The people that have called in, the people that have received the Holy Ghost and made further commitments to God from the ministry that we've provided and provided them to listen and be a part of and watching online. How, much, how many of you are thankful for this opportunity that we've allowed and God's directed us for? Also part of who we are, we've baptized people in Jesus' name and something's been wrong with our tank. Yes, you should be very, the retention pond, I believe, would have filled up if we had not fixed this tank. That would have been a clear sign by God of what water we were to go to. But since it did not, we had to buy a new tank that would fit through that skinny little door and reframe and gut everything out. Talk to Brother Josh Musselman about that. And we framed everything in there and we have a new baptistry and we're ready to baptize people next Sunday on Easter. Also, updated and things going on in this facility, if you've been a part of assimilation, a class, a meeting, our guest reception uh, room is now right outside here of the uh, the foyer and is beautiful. Room 104, our community room, the kids' rooms, the garden, barnyard, treehouse have been painted, remodeled, updated, new carpet, new floors, added different elements in these rooms. These are multi uh, faceted rooms that we use, as Pastor Tom was mentioned, we use these during the week. We use these for ministry. We use these for many, for many meetings. We're using these rooms all the time, and these rooms need updated and they need repairs. How many of you are either warm or cold right now? We've spent somewhere between seventy and eighty thousand dollars in the past couple years on HVAC units. This is nothing compared to what you'd have to do with your one unit at your house. We have many units on this blessed flat roof that's directed over this way. If you don't know where and how to pray sometimes, reach your hands past the balcony over to this area, to this flat roof that needs to be plugged up by the hand of God. And on this flat roof are many, many big units we've been replacing, and not just blindly. We have worked on these things. We have consulted with many people. We've worked deals as much as possible, but we are very thankful that we have AC in the summer. Stop that. AC in the summer. We have heat in the winter. Does anybody feel a witness? That's right. Just keep clapping. If you start sweating, we'll turn the AC on. Come on now. Come on. All right. But these are not easy fixes. If you'll notice, I just mentioned up here on the flat roof, we have to rent a crane to do these things. All these projects, whether you knew or did not know about them, 
they're happening. And that's because of your giving and your contributions to the Promise Project. That's why we have AC and heat in here today. Praise the Lord. If you're leaving here in the evening and it's dark outside and we have not, and I don't know if we'll go back, no pressure on our pastors, but the out before dark guarantee. Sometimes that happens in the summer here at the Calvary Church. I'm patting my Bible. But if it doesn't and it's during the winter and for some reason the sun doesn't want to stay up too much longer, we have a very nice lit parking lot. Are you thankful for that? We also have lights across the street. We try to keep the bad people away and not hanging out in our parking lots. Please don't harm our buildings. These are all been replaced, updated, all from our contributions and giving to the Promise Project. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. And as I'm closing uh, in my last remarks, that's a left wink. That's closest to the heart. That means proceed. Improved at TBC alone. That was all just on our campus. Are you with me? That was all just on our campus here that we're operating in today. Across the street at the Bishop Center. Immediately when we bought that. What do you have to fix before you fix the inside? Why is the inside messed up? It's because of things on the outside sometimes. We had to put on new shingles and repair a bunch of boards on that roof. We put a new roof on. Then the zoo is closed. Everybody say closed. The zoo is closed over there temporarily. We have a couple that are still hanging out, but the zoo is closed. We have put on all new fascia and soffit. We've wrapped that building very nice. It looks very nice, but uh, first you got to work on the outside. We spent a lot of time and work on that. We fixed the exterior lightings. We bought and put in all the landscaping ourselves. If you were here, part of that landscaping crew, raise your hand. All right, a couple of hands. Some of them can't get it all the way up because of the injuries from that day. Thank you for your efforts given. Our signage, this is not a joke. We did not tear that down for the presentation today. We have other issues. Over there with our plumbing right now, our signage had to be moved. Pastor Tom's going to talk about that. But the signage before that, it was top of the line. It was new. It was LED. It looked beautiful. People wanted to be a part of the Calvary campus over here. Last but not least, the Calvary uh, Child Care and Preschool. If you're part of the Child Care and Preschool today, or you've been a part, you've done a class, you've helped over there, you work in the office, please stand really quick. Oh, oh, you can't see. Oh, there we are. Okay, we're standing. We're being, we've been a part. We've helped. We've operated over there. Thank you so much for your time and efforts. This has been a major overtaking and operation that has quickly put a further outreach of the Calvary Church in our uh, community, and we're thankful for it, for what it's doing, and we look forward to that to grow. But all of this, all of this was because of and has been done because of your contributions and your giving to the Promise Project since 2014. Thank you for your time. Felt like we were getting ready to sell something. I feel like we should auction something off. We were speeding up. Well done. And you can just imagine what he could do with the wig on. I mean, you could just imagine what that, what that would be like. So we have uh, this property, and we've explained it. And now the question is, what do we do next? And what are the next steps for us? We've invested a lot in it, and uh, we know there's more to do. And so we're going to walk you through that quickly. Step one is we've got to do a little bit of prep work. And uh, that begins with officially closing the zoo uh, with the removal of bats. And they actually started that yesterday. And uh, it's a three-day process. Um, and uh, you can ask Mr. Henson about that process. He's the bat expert. Or Anthony Sizemore. And the young people are very much bat experts at this point. 
But that is getting resolved, and as he mentioned, the exterior plumbing issue that, that materialized um, not long ago, and we're actually having to replace all the plumbing all the way to the street, which made us have to remove the new sign. Um, and uh, you could call it the money pit. It's okay. You can call it that. But uh, we'll reinstall the sign, and then we have, right now, the Bishop Center is used for storage uh, and different elements, and we are going to build a barn. That'll help us as we go to demo it, the things that we need to keep. We're not building a barn so we can just keep everything. We are very lean here in our storage, uh, but we, we do need a, a barn uh, there, and so we'll be building that and then handling some outdoor field drainage issues and uh, we anticipate these costs to be about 80000 From there, once we get all of that finished, we will uh, work towards the demo of the property and uh, the interior, I should say. Uh, we hope to keep the exterior standing. <laughs> yeah, we won't even, I won't even joke about that. Okay, so we, we will uh, demo the interior, uh, and when that happens, uh, we want to go ahead and install the, the really the necessary mechanicals to uh, really secure the building and make sure there's no further damage done. So that would be HVAC, plumbing, and electric, not the completion of it, but just the installation of new units and things to, to make the building secure uh, for weather and those kind of things. And also we'll build an elevator shaft in that process. So it kind of just gets everything in place, gets all the structure in place, and the skeleton of it's ready to go uh, for step three. In uh, step two, uh, we only go up from 80,000, just so you know. Uh, so we go to 500,000, and these, this has been quoted. These are actual numbers. Uh, we've rounded them off for all of our sakes, but these are actual uh, quotes. Uh, step number three uh, is the first floor rooms. Uh, so this would be the kitchen, first floor classrooms, bathrooms, office, foyer, and then you should have a rendering in there of what it's going to look like when we connect the two buildings. And so we'll look to do the first floor rooms first, and then you'll see step four is the gymnasium. And so let me explain the process here. We want to get these rooms done because by getting these rooms done, we can go ahead and open up four more classrooms for kindergarten and preschool. And that will, will allow us to operate a few more classes of our preschool and childcare, which will be great. Um, so that's why step three is that process. And then the gymnasium is step four, uh, about a million dollars. And that will include the elevator. Uh, so the elevator goes, there's three stories to that property and it'll go uh, through the first and second and third floors. And then step five, uh, about $750,000 to really get the second and third stories ready to go for um, the TCA move over there. And uh, that'll be a great thing. And then step six is to finish the parking lot and any additional outdoor space, fields, baseball fields, soccer fields, etc. So that's kind of the plan for the Bishop Center. You can kind of see how that's laid out. And as I've mentioned before, we are going to move at the speed of money. And uh, as we can, we're going to accomplish these things. Obviously, we want to do them as quickly as we can. We want to enjoy them. Uh, but we also 
understand that there's going to be a process to this, and uh, we're comfortable with that. So you can kind of see about the, the mark for the financial overview is about $3.3 million to finish that property. And I'm not saying this facetiously. I, I absolutely believe that uh, if you want to write a check for $3.3 million today, uh, we could probably make that work uh, with our accounting department. But in all seriousness, I know that the Lord can do supernatural things, and I am completely anticipating God to do that. Amen. What I realize in that, and I say that, that the Lord can do supernatural, I think that as we do what we can do, it positions God to do the supernatural. I don't, I don't believe that if we just sat around and did nothing and waited until somebody dropped by, I, I, I don't believe I, that that's going to happen, that somebody's just going to do that. But as we pursue the vision, we do what we can do individually, collectively. I absolutely believe that there's a miracle in the making. Amen. So the, how we do this in, in uh, practical terms uh, your first fruits offering, and Nathan's going to come in just a minute and explain our what we call the miracle equation. But your first fruits offering and your monthly giving, those two things combined, is what we call the promise project. Those funds go into what's called the promise project. We take the first part of that and we pay the mortgage each month. And so that's what's going to happen first. We pay the mortgage, and then anything left over from on top of the mortgage payment each month. We put towards 90% goes to the Bishop Center, about 10% stays for capital improvements here. As uh, Anthony mentioned, uh, we continually have projects. The age of this building requires us to constantly do things. He mentioned the flat roof. That's another project that really needs addressed ASAP here. But we kind of split that and divide that into 90% across the street, 10% here. And so I'm going to have Nathan come at this time, and he's going to kind of share how we can partner with this vision. Can you hear me? Excellent. I'd say I was a little surprised that um, Anthony went over his time again in the second service. Um, I personally, you know, couldn't make my 25 minutes in the first service, so I moved my time back to 40 minutes, so I should be okay. I shouldn't, uh, there's a little bit of a rookie mistake on Anthony's part. Um, so I, I'd just like to real quick start by asking everyone who, ra who has participated in, in the Promise Project during the last seven years, or you know, part of that last seven years, raise your hand. Raise your hand, get them high, like the Doritos are up at the top shelf, raise them up. Now, keep them up, keep, uh, keep them up. Now, everyone who is, just look around, kind of pick somebody out. Okay, now you can put them down. So, I'm not going to ask this question, but if I were to ask that group, how many of you are more financially secure personally than you were seven years ago, I, get, I think most of those people would raise their hand again. And by the same token, if I were to ask how many of you who raised your hand are worse financially than you were seven years ago, I don't think any or many would raise their hand. So what I'm asking those of you who either haven't participated in the past or are kind of on the fence about participating this year, 
Seek some of them, them out. Find them. Ask them after church. Do some research. Say, hey, what have you experienced from being a part of the Promise Project? Because this is a phenomenal opportunity for all of us to be able to invest in the kingdom, to be able to invest in our campus, to be able to invest in growing our reach into the community. This is just a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity. So I encourage you to do that. And now I'll dive into the um, kind of the components. And the first one is first fruits. And I, I want to um, give a little, oh, I missed, I, I forgot to forgot to say one of the things that, you know, when you do this in two services, you have to, you know, kind of change things up. In the first service, I used Oreos uh, instead of Doritos and reaching for the top. So you just got to remember to change things up, make it a little different, you know? <laughs> crack myself up even if I don't crack anybody else up. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled uh, program here. First fruits. When we, when we first did this seven years ago, the consultant we had come in, he encouraged that we, you know, he said what's typical is you, your current building fund and any other major offerings you kind of, you, you bring into this capital campaign. And what we said at the time was we as a church are really committed to first fruits. We believe that there is a specific meaning in the Bible we believe that there is a blessing that is associated with it. It is not the same thing as tithing. It is different, and we wanted to make sure that First Fruits kept its identity. So while the offering is part of the Promise Project, it maintains its identity as the Bible describes it. And, and if there's anyone, and this is, a, this is a, a topic I have passionate about, if there's anyone who doesn't understand the difference between tithing and First Fruits, Please see me at, at some point. I will explain. I will give you proof that the Bible views those as two different things and that there is a blessing associated with first fruits. So first fruits is kind of the flagship. It's a, it's a cornerstone for the Promise Project. It is something we do once a year, and it's a big part of the Promise Project giving. Then there's monthly giving. Now this is, you know, when you look at your, your budget, your, your own personal finances, this is what you can allocate out of your living expenses. This is a, what you can afford to do. Um, and I encourage all of you to have budgets and to build this into them. Then there is monthly or uh, disposable income. And um, again, I, I know a lot of people don't really, like what's disposable income, you know, I mean, I, my income gets disposed of very quickly. I don't really know what more disposable income there is. This is something that's kind of not part of the, the, your normal budget. It's, a, it's, a, it's income that's not maybe necessary. Maybe it's a, a part-time job that you pick up on the side just so you can have additional funds to give to the Promise Project. It's anything that's not built in or necessary to your normal ongoing expenses. Then there's disposable assets. This is something that maybe you have a, an asset that you don't really use anymore. You can sell it. There's eBay. There's all kinds of venues now for selling things. You can sell it, donate the church money to the uh, church. Or maybe there's something you've been saving for, and you decide, you know what? I don't really need that. And you can the money you had been saving for, for that thing that you decide you don't need as much as the Promise Project needs it, you can give that money to the Promise Project. So disposable income, disposable assets are an important part of this. And then there's fundraising. And there are three words that say everything that is near and dear to my heart about fundraising. That is Sister Phoebus Cookies. 
I've, I've donated a lot of money to the uh, Promise Project through Sister Phoebus Cookies. So yeah, it's anything you want to do to, uh, to try to raise money for the Promise Project. And then lastly, and most importantly, is the sixth element, trust God. And I am going to tell you, everyone in here who turns in a card should have a number on this line. And there's one simple reason. It's not your risk. You're not the one that has to come up with it. You're not the one saying, i got to come up with this money. This is something that you're saying God is going to do. So it's, it's no risk. You have no risk. Everyone, even if you don't have a single other number on your card, you should have a number in the trust God. Now, here's where your responsibility is, and here's the tough part. you got to remember. So one of my um, favorite little jokes is a little boy was up on the roof, and um, he started to slide off. And he said, Lord, Lord, save me, save me quick. And all of a sudden, just about to fall off, the nail caught his britches and kept him from falling. He looked up and said, never mind, Lord, a nail caught me. That's kind of the way we are, right? We, you know, we, we, we don't recognize God's miracle sometimes. So the goal, what you have to do is recognize that the money that, that you weren't looking for, the unexpected bonus, whatever the, this windfall is, you have to recognize, oh, I'm supposed to give this to the Promise Project. I'm not supposed to go off on a, an unplanned vacation with this because this is what God gave me. We have to remember that this is what the blessing was for. So you put all those things together, and that is the miracle equation. And, you know, the miracle equation is part of the miracle is the fact that God supplies it, and he supplies the, the, the finances to us in miraculous ways time, a lot of times. But the real miracle is sitting right in here. There are people that sit in this, play, in, in this building today because of decisions we made seven years ago. Yeah. We talked a little bit earlier about the question, what, what would life have been like? What would, where would we be today if we had not done the Promise Project seven years ago? And I got to tell you, it, it's hard to even wrap my head around that. When I think of what God has done in some of the families that have come in because of what we did, what he's done in this facility, he's allowed us to move into the Bishop Center and to be able to have a greater impact to our community. I'm telling you, God is performing miracles through this miracle equation. And this is such a great opportunity for all of us to be a part of that, to be able to continue to invest in it. And I thank the Lord for it. You're going to be, you'll have a card that um, you'll be filling out. And um, Brother Ellis will talk a little bit about the opportunity to, um, uh, to, 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 to turn that card in. Amen. We thank God for the opportunity to be a part of a miracle. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Um, I'm thankful for it, and I thank God for the legacy of giving in this church. And we were, I was mentioning that to Anthony uh, yesterday, just as I began to just think about the promises of God and the power of God and where we're set up today. What if we had not? What if we had not done the Promise Project seven years ago? I know this, we would not have been prepared. We would not have been positioned to purchase the Bishop Center. I know that for a fact. And so what we're doing today, our partnership today, 
is just catapulting us towards the promises of God. And our goal for this year, 2021, is to uh, take in between first fruits and monthly giving 215000 And so that amount, I will tell you that that amount is, uh, we've, give, we've taken more than that. We've, we've had giving that's higher than that in some years. We've had giving that's lower than that. But if we, if we do $215,000 this year, it'll allow us to pay our mortgage and to complete step number one. And uh, so that's our goal for this year is to be able to set ourselves up uh, for uh, step number two by the end of this year, this time next year. As I conclude today, I think about the story of Caleb. And Caleb was 85 years old, 85 years old when he looked out over the horizon and he saw a mountain. It wasn't just any mountain, it wasn't just a a beautiful landscape, but it was a very specific mountain because the mountain represented a promise. It represented a promise that was given to him nearly 45 years prior. In Joshua, we read about this account. And what we have to understand, if you're not familiar with who Caleb is, Caleb in the Old Testament is one of 12 spies. So when Moses was going to pull the children of Israel out of Egypt and God was going to lead them out, Moses sent 12 spies into this promised land. We call it the promised land. We say it flowed with milk and honey. But what we understand is that God chose this place. It was God's place. And Moses said, I want you spies to go there. And when they went there, Caleb was overwhelmed at the opportunity. It was an amazing place. Him and Joshua were overwhelmed by it. But there were 10 who were afraid. And so when we get to Joshua chapter 14, verse number 7, Caleb is retelling. He's talking about this story. And he's standing there and he's looking at a mountain. And he says, I was 40 years old. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Caleb, when he saw the promise, when he saw the mountain, there was something that was uh, lit in his heart that said, I want that. I want to reach for that. I pray that today, my prayer today was that something in you would say, you know what? I want this for the Calvary Church. I see how this could make a difference, not just for us sitting in here, but it's going to make a difference in generations to come. It's going to make a difference in the community. I hope that you see it like that. But, but Caleb had to overcome a little bit of hurdle, and that was what others saw as well. And Caleb saw it too. He saw what? The giants. He saw the, the obstacles. He saw the, the intimidation that was represented there. But he said, I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. I came back and said, you know what? I think that we can accomplish this. But he said, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. They made the heart of the people afraid. They were concerned. Look at the giants. Look at what it takes. Look at all the things that are are, are wrong with this. 
And Caleb said, I brought back a good word, but my brothers, they came back with things that were creating fear. But he said, but I wholly followed the Lord. Everyone say, wholly followed the Lord. There was something about him that while he saw the exact same things that they saw, he said, I'm going to wholly follow the Lord. And so on that day, 40 years or 45 years prior to this moment, he said, Moses swore on that day. Moses swore on that day, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord. What makes me sad, what makes me sad today is thinking about people who stop short of the promises of God, who stop short of realizing all that God could have for them. Caleb realized and said, I know the enemy's there. I know fear is present. But there's something about it that says, if God said it's for us, then I'm going to reach for it. And so 45 years later, Caleb is standing there. He's standing there, him and Joshua standing there saying, here we are at the, the, the foot of our inheritance while he, his friends and his peers are all buried in the ground. They miss the promise of God. They miss completely what God had for them. And I'll tell you, today, I, I, I'll just be frank about it, uh, there's a lot there's a lot about today that is intimidating. There's a lot about pushing a vision like this in front of people during a pandemic and during uncertainty and those kind of things just when we're coming on the heels of a missions conference. There's a lot that we could be intimidated by. But I felt the nudge of the Lord tell us that we cannot just sit by and hope that it happens and be afraid of what it looks like. No, we've just got to step into it. We've just got to walk into it. I know the number real large, and I know that you have only a certain measure of capacity to give, but I wonder if you would wholly follow the Lord, step into all that God has for you, because if we had not done it in 2014, I guarantee you that building across the street and a lot of other things wouldn't be happening around here. And so with confidence today, not in myself, uh, not in our presentation, but my confidence is in the Lord that he has promises for the Calvary Church that have yet to be reached. He has things for us to reach uh, that we've got to step into with our whole heart. And I absolutely believe that you're here today, that God has promises for your life. God has things for your life that you're not going to realize unless you wholly follow the Lord, unless you completely jump in with everything you got. You're always going to have a reason why you couldn't and you shouldn't, and it's too much. I'll tell you, in 2014, there were a lot of reasons we shouldn't have done the Promise Project. There were a lot of good reasons we shouldn't have done the promised project, but I look back on that in just a short seven years and realize, you know what, sometimes you just have to step into it and say, God, I wholly trust you with the process. 
And I'll say today, what I understand is the the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls it the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's the promise of the Father. And let me tell some of you who are seeking the Holy Spirit, you're desiring to receive it. Don't give up on it because it doesn't just show up in this day or that day. Realize that promise is for you and surrender yourself to it wholly because there is coming a day when God will baptize you with his power and with his presence. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for all who are far off. And so we wholly follow like Caleb. And so Caleb standing there, verse number 10, he says, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, 40 years from that first step, 45 years from that first step. He says, here I am, and yet, he says, I love this statement. This is, this is going to be my verse when I'm in my 80s. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. I I don't know if he's exaggerating his strength here a little bit, but he said, I'm as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. But what allowed him to have that strength? What motivated him? What pushed him? It was a promise. It was a promise that there is an inheritance. There's something for me. And it wasn't just a promise out there, but it was a promise pursued. And ultimately, he said, I have to possess this promise. And I'm not afraid, just as I was 40 years ago, I'm not afraid of the enemy. And at 85 years old, I'm not afraid of the enemy. I'll walk into that inheritance with confidence because I've wholly followed the Lord. And so, this is the promise for us to possess what God has for us. Would you stand with me this morning? I conclude with a statement that Bishop Pasley II made during one of the Promise Project services. We realize that In Joshua chapter 14, he said, I'm strong. Verse 12, he said, now therefore give me this mountain. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. Give me this mountain. Joshua chapter 14, verse 12. Sorry, I skipped it. I want you to put that verse on the screen. He says, now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. I am confident He said, at 85 years old, that that mountain is still mine. I'm confident, just as I was when I was 40, 45 years later, that God's promises are yea and amen. They're for us today. So he said, now, therefore, Joshua, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. And he says at the end of the verse, I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I can handle the enemy now. And Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron. Brother Pasley said about this passage, he said that place known as my mountain by Caleb 
was forever a symbol of God's promises kept and God's will realized by those that would fight to possess what God had promised. Are you willing to fight for what God has promised? Are you willing to fight to possess what God has promised? Promise project, yes, we put it in terms of facilities, but I hope that we've been able to illustrate to you and we'll continue to push this, that it's not just a vision about buildings. It's a vision about people. We look in the distance and we see the capacity that we have as a congregation to reach into more places, into more cities, to reach more people, to reach in different opportunities, in different ways, to see miracles done among us. And I absolutely believe that many of you Many of you will step into a personal promise with God as you wholly follow him. Wholly follow him. Because there is a power to a promise. What promise are you living for today? What promise is motivating you? What's energizing your every day? I pray the promises of God motivate you in your day because what I know is that Calvary we can possess this promise we can possess this promise we can possess all that God has for us so I want to pray for you we're going to give a moment we're going to give just in a moment to give you an opportunity to to put a pledge card or a commitment card in I will tell you that uh, these commitment cards are, I think, important for a few reasons. One, it's your own personal commitment to the Lord, which I think is valuable. It also allows us to understand what we should look for and what we should expect. And in practical terms, that also helps us in any financing and with the banks when we understand that. But We understand that sometimes these things are private, and I respect that. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to the front. We're going to invite everybody, even if you're committing or not committing to the Promise Project. We want to step into the promises of God for our life, whatever that looks like. But I want to pray for you before I invite you to come. Lord, God, this is an opportunity for us as the Calvary Church to once again just be realigned and to remember God, that we are not walking aimlessly. We're not just, God, wandering through, God, this generation. But, Lord, you have specifically called the Calvary Church to some things that cause us to, God, inherit places and buildings and possessions, Lord, not for our own pleasures, not, God, to fulfill some kind of desire just in us, but Lord, it opens the window for your glory to shine in this community in Springdale and beyond. Lord, we talked about it for years, the opportunities for groups to meet at the Bishop Center, the opportunity for kids to be educated, the opportunity to connect to families, the opportunity to hire people in our community. God, there's so many ways and avenues that just we can see 
But Lord, I always know that your plan has aspects to it that I cannot even imagine. I cannot even see. And Lord, we rest on that idea today. God, that just as Caleb did when he was 40 years old and said, God, I trust you. When I see all the obstacles, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wholly support and follow your will. God, it was 45 years later that he was still reaching for that. But Lord, we know that you were guiding, you were leading because you had a plan and you had a purpose. Lord, I'm praying for fresh faith today. I'm praying for confidence in you today. That, Lord, we're going to partner with your vision. We're going to partner with your purpose and your promises. Help us to pursue it. Help us to possess it. Lord, we trust you today in the name of Jesus. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.